back in the I, I just can't with you. <laughs> I cannot. Won't he do it? He does oh, it each I'm and every time. So okay. Exhausted. He strengthens us all. Okay. <laughs> I'm Jay. And I'm Ray. And this is He Said He Said, the podcast that makes you go, hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Right. Uh, is know, it too much this week? I mean, yesterday you were giving me the most. You, Today yes, you were giving I me remember. the most. I, it just was a lot. Do you think I'm bipolar? Is it, no, is I there... think that you are on some other levels today and yesterday. <laughs> well, before okay. we get started, I want to remind everyone to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on all streaming services. We love interaction as well. So be sure to comment, DM, share, whatever you need to do on all social platforms as well. Mm-hmm. It's been a minute since we've had a review on um, Apple Podcasts. So if you would be ever so kind and yes. give us a star rating or submit a review, you know, just so you give some behind the scenes curtain deal. The more reviews we have, the higher we're ranked, which means Hello. the more people will know us. The Indeed. more people that will know us means you can we can be in these streets doing the most with you. Yes. And please don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend. Mm, come on. Again, the more people who are evangelizing the pod, the better for us. Not all. evangelizing. Evangelizing. We are, we are not um, Jehovah Witnesses. <laughs> We're not. But we do want to give a shout out and a thank you to our guests that we had in the month of September. Mm-hmm. Shannara and Alana. It was amazing having you both here. You know, we had we like to have creatives on the show when we can. Um, they are both boss bitches. I hope mm, they don't mind mm. me saying that. They're doing their thing. And we look forward to um, supporting them and yes. to them supporting us in the future. Yeah. You know, we are a family. <laughs> like a giant tree. Like a giant tree. <laughs> I hope we don't get in trouble for like using that reference. That's fine. Because we can get in trouble. I didn't sing it. <laughs> All right. So I guess we should get into love it or shade it. Wait, I'm trying even remember like okay you it's fine you first. go first no, no you're going you go first. first no 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 yeah, bitch, look you, it says it right there yeah i changed my mind we no, change no, no, no but it says it right there okay so my shaded my shaded this week is to what i'm describing as an anti-snitching campaign that mm. i see that's being mounted by everyone from celebrities to just regular old normal people um, and this is in reference to the news um, related to Takeshi 69. Um, so, um, you know, you may remember that we've talked about Takeshi and his legal troubles before. We've also talked about the fact that he looks like a fucking troll doll come to life. Um, but it seems as if in his Not actual so real life, he's more like a Chucky doll. Where he has been testifying, and we're going to talk, you know, in more detail. How shade it going to be a story we're talking about? No, we're going to talk in more detail about, you know, what the substance of what he's been saying to the courts later. Um, but my shade it is to this perception that we have, and this is really primarily in the black community, that snitching equals bad. Mm-hmm. And what I think I, I, what I want to remind people of is that, um, you know, what you refer to as snitching um, is sometimes necessary for us to um, have things that were done in the darkness come into light. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, what I think I, I want people to recognize is um, what's his name? Michael, Michael Cohen with the president. Yeah, yeah. He's a snitch. He came out and said all these things about what the president did and he was snitching. But we want to know what happened. We want to know what the president was doing. That was illegal. We do. 
again, you know, taking that even. Shit, I know I do. <laughs> do you? You don't. But you don't do. You don't. I just um, want to commiserate know. with me but on see, I don't over like, CNN. I don't like when it's like, oh, here's what happened, and we're investigating. No, tell me what happened and what y'all doing. <laughs> okay, I don't. Yeah, you don't want to hear about the investigation. I don't. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Okay, you should probably um, not be checking your phone right now. Well, I mean, I just want to make sure we have things going on. Okay. Um. So again, I just think that this is a I very know talking bitch. I think this is a very. <laughs> I am talking. That's like that's what we do on this pod. We talk, right? I hate you. <laughs> so uh, I think that um the the better message that we can send to you know the world and especially to younger people is how about you not join a gang. I'm I'm actually questioning why Yo Shada is a whole ass story. We it's, <laughs> because it's important. Because it's important this to me. Been said no, but it's important to me. And but so it could be. But I just want to make it clear that okay, I think bitch. that all of and and know. I'm not gonna say that like because what's happening is there are all these jokes, there are all these memes about him being a snitch and people on Facebook marking themselves safe from him snitching. Um, and it's funny, but when you really get down to it and you think about it you know a little bit deeper not just on the surface i feel like this is a bad message for us to be sending mm-hmm. um and i get that i think for a lot of people it's like well what they would think of as, as a snitch is someone who was involved in the same bad behavior that they are that they are accusing other people of doing mm-hmm. in order to help themselves to get like a lighter sentence or whatever but i just again want to remind I people have, that I have so many questions snitching sometimes and whether you want to call it snitching or you want to call it something else that doesn't sound as bad like testifying or being a witness to bad things is sometimes necessary so i think that this is not a message that we need to be sending as a community and it's all fun and games but sometimes you need a whistleblower hello come on whistles whistleblower is also a snitch this is someone who's telling about someone else's bad behavior sometimes that is necessary and i think that we need to to stop sending or trying to send this message that that's a bad thing i got questions all right well apparently you want me to be finished with my shaded so what is your love girl oh Oh, ribbit, ribbit. <clears throat> oh, the frog. The seasons are changing. Ooh. So that may happen a couple of times. Bitch, you are I giving wanna, us frogger. I'm going to apologize <laughs> in advance. Oh. <laughs> What's your bitch. loving or shaded, bitch? You trying well, to rush me through my story? Because it's a story. Okay. No okay. one no one asked for your All right, opinion. So I, it's my opinion. It's my love it or shaded. Oh, bitch. It's he said. But what? No, actually, I'm sorry. I don't even want to do that. So what do you think about my shaded? <laughs> what do you think about my shaded? I mean, I'll have more expressive details when we get into unfiltered and bothered. No, but I want to know your opinion about this. Listen, I will tell any, on anybody because no. you ain't going to get me. You do some foolish shit, I'm going to tell you. You know why? Because it's foolish and it's shit and you ain't going to get me. I'm not going to be oh guilty by association. I'm going to be, okay. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, what is it called? I don't know. Innocent? Innocent by, um, by, by snitch, declaration, by bitch. By declaration. Innocent by Inno- snitching. No, innocent by declaration, not I'm guilty by association. Okay. Oh my I, God. I, I studied my words. All right. Oh, I love studying words. But go on. What's so your I went into this thinking I was going to have a shade it, but then through through some self-reflection, I realized that oh. it needs to be a love it. Okay. Oh, I, I'm all ears. You know what? That's rich coming from someone bitch. that I only, am all the ears. The only self-reflection I they am have bitch. is the mirror, bitch. I am all ears like a quiet place. Go on. Uh-uh, not a quiet place. Mm-hmm, so quiet place. my love it is me becoming a fuller person. I feel like there's parts of me that uh, are missing and those parts are given to other people, which then makes me not 
complete, if you will. When I, what I'm trying to say here is in 2019, I said my, and I said this on the pod, if you listen back to the early episodes of this year, my goal was to be more present. Well, I have established and I have identified my love at this for this episode and my declaration for from here on out to 2020. And it is to meet people where they are at, right where they're at. Okay. Yes, I'm, I'm listening. So why I'm saying it's a love it is because it's just this moment where I need to realize that I can't take on other people's personal issues with themselves, with how they interact with people, with how they, you know, socialize, with how they, whatever it may be, bitch, that is their thing. I'm going to let them sit over there and meet them where they're at. Okay. I can't be Yvonne. What's her name? Fix my life. Where you Yanla? I can't be Yolanda. I want to say Yolanda. Yolanda. I can't be her. I can't be Oprah. You're I can't be in this. I can't be a therapist, bitch. I can't be a financial advisor. I can't be a Miss Cleo, bitch. I can't be anything but myself. And I need to just identify that and love that. Okay. Okay. I mean, I would. You know, I would put that shit on wax. I would say that you can try to be all those no, things. No, I can't. But no, I can't because that's why I say it's a love it because I realize when I am all those uh-huh. things, bitch, I take on what I shouldn't have to take on and I can't be the Wizard of Oz. Right. And I'm, so I'm not ag- disagreeing with you. I'm just saying that you when you say you can't, that isn't true because, well, I mean, well, you, you, well, no, you I can't. can't. You, that's true. You can't, but you can I try. Can't. And I think what the realization that maybe you're coming to is that why are you trying? Why should you do that? Because people are doing people yourself a disservice by trying to do that. Bitch, and I say people as friends, as family, bitch, as coworkers, <laughs> oh it's, it's the bitch at the supermarket. It's everybody. Everybody. Everybody so against Jay. Like, you know what? At the end of the day, I okay. need to love it. Me against the world, but on, instead of Tupac, Jay. Bitch, I need to just I need to apply what I learned in therapy, mm-hmm. bitch, to my life. Well, you know, I am a big per- and and I am sometimes accused of being petty. Um, for my reaction to the way that people choose to interact with me. And what I would say is that I agree with you that I think that that this realization is a good thing for you. And I would piggyback on that and saying that the way that you, the way that I would suggest that people um, navigate the world is by matching energy. Mm. So if you feel like you're putting out more of something that you're not getting back and it ends up frustrating you, then you need to step back and say, well, Maybe I should match the energy that this person is giving me, and I think that when you match energy, Listen. you find yourself in a situation where you are bitch, not. I'm not as matching energy. I'm also. I'm not only not matching energy, bitch. I'm matching. I'm matching shoes, bitch. I'm matching jackets. <laughs> I'm matching sunglasses, bitch. I am matching the 2020 vision, bitch. Oh Ain't nobody God. got time for this foolishness. Foolishness going into my new year. Well, you'll have to let us know how this goes. Oh, like, I, I'm, this I'm, year has been great with my be more present, bitch. No, 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 not so the being I more present. So I set a goal, bitch, and and achieve oh, okay. it. Okay, I get what you're saying. Come on, bitch. You're saying that you think that you'll be successful. Oh, with I know this. I can. Okay. okay, in my older age, I, I put my okay. mind to it. I'm an old bitch now. Yes, don't put your joke, not just your mind, put your back and everything into it. Oh, not that. All right. So speaking of putting everything into it. Oh, so now it, we can talk about your shade. It. Okay, good. <laughs> Yeah, that's cute. Um, unfiltered so, unbothered, bitch. Here we are. Unfiltered and unbothered. Um, you may and likely have heard that Mr. Either in the shade or in the news. Takeshi69 has started his testifying. Mm-hmm. So, 
again, this is really, at least on social media, been framed um, within a context of him being a snitch, which is so fascinating to me because I'm like, well, wait, like, so are we not going to talk about the bad things that he and the other people that he's snitching on have done? We're just going to talk about the fact that he is spilling tea. He decided to just name everybody on the Billboard Hot 100 <laughs> that might have been associated with in the rap game. That might, and if you notice, everyone he he mentioned was of color. Well, well, yeah, because like it's the it's the Bloods. I mean, they have white members. I'm sure you never know. So to give context, so we should Google it. I think there were two or three days of testimony that took place. Obviously, a lot of the media is covering it, um, and just to level set. Takashi was actually facing a minimum, okay, so baseline minimum, no less than, 47 years in prison and a maximum of a life behind bars after he pleaded guilty to racketeering, conspiracy, firearms offenses, narcotics trafficking, and other crimes. Jesus Christ, like, what are the we other crimes? We talked about this before on the episode. I think, I forget what episode it was. It was a while ago. It was a while ago. Because we haven't heard much from Takeshi, like, all this time. Other than his baby mama. And other than him. Facebook Live. And other than the fact that I think they had announced that he was going to be snitch, snitching, that he was going to be testifying um, in recent months. And then they said that they had to move him to, like, an area where all the other people who were testifying against other people were going. But then I read that he, the transcripts, transcripts came out and it said that he didn't name some of the people that the media was um, saying that he did. Did you see that? I saw that, but I didn't see that corroborated. I was confused about that. I mean, I only read like the, uh, the first who, bit who of it. Who was saying that it wasn't, that he um, didn't name the people? I think it was TMZ. Mm, that's weird because TMZ was one of the first outlets to say that he had actually implicated Cardi. And Cardi came out and <laughs> child I love when she, in an interview, she said, did you read what she said? No. Apparently in an not. interview? No. She said, I used to pop off with my homies and they'd say, yo, you really getting, you really get it popping. You should come home. You should turn blood. And I said, yeah, yeah, I should. But then I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Then she said that what the interview allegation, was that? this was in 2018. No, that's a lie. Oh. No, it is. Oh, she tweeted. She tweeted this me, year about being. The truth, she tweeted this year about being a blood. But go on. I don't want to cut you off. I want to know the truth, though. No, go ahead. The truth shall set me free. <laughs> and then um, she quote because you know it was rumored that she was brought up during this um, testif- testify testification. Is that a word? Testimony. Testimony, bitch. Yes. This is like I must be getting me right. That's what happens when you. Jesus that's what happens when you have a fucking <laughs> acai bowl for fucking brunch, <laughs> and this bitch, and then drink alcohol. You're gonna. I'm gonna be testifying. So Cardi B, she posted on Instagram the much used meme of actor talk show host uh, Kiki Palmer saying sorry to this man. Right. Um, so that was her response of the most. I love recent how you allegation. always cut me off when I'm st- when I'm doing my stories and what? add all this other stuff. Where I'm like, can we get a baseline of what actually you gave us a baseline? No, I didn't. All I said um, was that he was facing 47. Years oh well, and then he testified. He said everybody's name. And then name. you were like, oh yeah, he said everybody's name. Okay, so let's go back. Well, I'm sorry. That's what happens when you serve me acai bowls <laughs> for brunch. Let's go back. And essentially what happened is um, Takeshi, he is testifying against two other people who are part of this Trey Nine or whatever this part of the Bloods gang is. Um, And I mean, he recounted stories of shootings, robberies. Um, Apparently his ex-manager was a member of this 
um, this part of the Bloods gang. His ex uh, bodyguard was a part of the gang. His ex bodyguard was then the person who, <laughs> who actually helped to um, kidnap Takeshi. I think that was last year or yeah, maybe I even two that. years ago. Like he was a part of that because um, Takeshi had fired him because the other guy told him to fire him because of something that had to do with a performance this from like a year a ago. That and it's just like. So insane. To your point, he did bring up Jim Jones and said that Jim Jones was a part of this train nine gang as well. And um, I guess it's kind of there's a question of of how Cardi B was brought up. Um, but I what I saw was there was like actual like a quote from the testimony where they, where they were like, you know, that Cardi was a part of the Bloods. And he basically said yes. Mm. Um and to your point, Cardi. So first, Cardi's label comes out and says this isn't true. Yeah, because they're trying to know, ma'am. Yes. Then Cardi does the the Insta- on Instagram. She Yuba posts Kiki. the Kiki meme, mm-hmm. which I have to admit, I did chuckle. Me too. Bitch. I chuckled at that because if you don't know the meme, Kiki says, I- "I'm so sorry, but I don't know this man." I don't recognize this man. Uh-uh. <laughs> so uh, Google it if you haven't seen it. And then she then went on to actually tweet. Why are you slamming, bitch? Go. Good God. She then tweeted something Ooh, to the effect it. of, no, I was never part of the Trey Nine um, Bloods, but I was a part of a different part of the Bloods. So that's problematic for me just because I'm like, so Cardi B is a Blood? Well, she was. But but in that tweet, it's like the the question is past tense boo or like present tense like today is oh, like the, the question. Well, what was the word that she used? Was it past or she basically was it was or is. no? She didn't use was. I do know that she definitely did not use because wouldn't that be the was. indicator whether it was past tense? It would be, and she didn't use was, and I think that's why TMZ the way TMZ was reporting it was mm. she admits that she was a blood or it, mm. or is a blood, just not a part of the organization that Takeshi was a part of. Mm. So, needless to say, this is just whipped up a crazy firestorm it turns out that um according to takashi's testimony he essentially was like the bank for the for the gang Mm -hmm. where he was supplying them with money and it's interesting to me because he said um you know the way that it worked for him with and it's nine trey i think i've been saying trey nine you have that shows you how much i know about gang at least it's not trey i ain't got time for that okay or trey songs but (laughs) he basically said that he would make money for shows and appearances and the gang would give him the front end of it at least half and take the rest so for example he says he was doing that power clean isn't that crazy And he said, for example, say if I would get $250,000, they would give me $185,000 and then they would take the rest. So it was kind of like the bank of Takashi. And it, and when and when I read about like how all this mm-hmm. went down, like he wasn't already a part of the gang. He actually became a member in November of 2017 and participated in violent crimes. And it, like I said before, including shootings assaults and drug trafficking Mm -hmm. and at one point he did you know id these two men it's um aljermaya nuke mac and anthony harv ellison Mm -hmm. are the gang members that he was or is testifying against so again i mean (laughs) i say all this the message is there's a message here somewhere it really is and the message is say no to gangs and and the crazy thing is like it's not even like he was already in a gang before he got famous 
He was already becoming famous when he joined the gang. He was an internet gangster. He exactly, and he wanted to be a real gangster, mm-hmm. and he actually became a real gangster to a certain degree. Just could no, he was a certain a bank. extent. Bitch, he was a bank. He was a gangster <laughs> bank. The gangster bank. The bank that, of the gangsters. Uh, okay, <laughs> and it's like, and I was watching some video. You know, there are multiple alter- altercations that have been caught. On I can't camera. keep them. I can't. I cannot. Did you see the fight at LAX? That they had on no, camera. but what I can't, what I must say is that if anyone has not learned, if if hopefully in all of this, people are learning lessons about not wanting to be affiliated with the gang. But one uh, rap star that is going to jail or is testifying, and he was affiliated with the gang. Then we had, and that's Tanah, what's his name, Takashaki or. Etch sketch face Takeshi, and then we yes, have another um, affiliated rapper that was killed. Um, and he, what is uh, at the in front of his store? Oh my gosh, why am I forgetting his name? Nipsey Hustle, Nipsey oh, Hustle. Where, where are you going with this? What oh, are you talking about? So, if anything, <laughs> this should be um, some sort of indication that g- gangs is not where it's at, yeah. And I mean, as far as we know, Nipsey had left the gang and still he ends up dying, you know, basically due to gang violence. Mm-hmm. Well, the next story is a little lighter, but a little, still a little heavy. That was a so SNL segue. Oh, bitch, but I go just, on. I, it was clunky because I just felt clunky, like, like clogged shoes, bitch. bitch, like clogged <laughs> shoes, not clogged, a wooden yes. clog, <laughs> the wooden, <laughs> yes, the wooden kind, <laughs> walking the plank, bitch. <laughs> Riverdance. Okay, come on, bitch. <laughs> Riverdance clogs, bitch. I can't with you. Go Sometimes on. Sometimes our transitions are bad, but our jokes in between are good. Go on. Um, so SNL um be in these streets trying to find new people because the good people are leaving. Uh and they decided to sh- hire this guy by the name of Shane Gillis. And if you don't know, according to the sources, this longtime MT- NBC comedy um, series the mastermind lauren michaels which many of you have heard his name in some if you're not have not you you know of this person yes he was um, actually fun fact i don't know if you know this but he's the inspiration behind dr evil oh that's funny <laughs> that is oh, oh man like he even sounds like like dr evil sounds like more so michaels. they were looking for a com- <laughs> that's shady <laughs> it's so shady um they were looking for new cast members to the new season that would appeal to more conservative viewers and mm-hmm. this was really meant to counteract of the appearance of really a, 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 an alleged liberal bias um, mm-hmm. on the show. So given that they've had this resur- resurgence of obviously in the recent years with Alec Baldwin playing Donald Trump, um, the cast members, they really wanted to make sure that there was this balance, a, a, a visible balance of character or personality. So they typically, this I didn't know, they typically, SNL typically recruits cast members from an improv troop, improv groups. Yeah. Um, and a few of them that they've done is the the Groundlings, Second City, and the Upright Citizens Parade. And they really, they're looking for, they, they often believe that the, these people that may lack on-screen act, uh, experience, they are able to provide a really interesting perspective as actors of the stage uh, an improv, which is basically the premise of SNL, like, right? It is to be it, like there is, there is, like a level of um, script written, but it's most of it. Some of it even is just off the top of head. Right. Um, so they had auditions and they were looking for people, and apparently Sean L. Illis was Gillis, Gillis was one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he's in the news because he um, no sooner was he hired, he was fired. 
Um, and he has a podcast, which um, I won't name it because it doesn't really matter. But he, you know, podcasts are really popular. Obviously, we have one, but comedians actually have a lot of comedians have them because it's their outlet to really get their media, their their message out there, their comedy out there to a larger reach outside of their stand up. So right. Gillis had one, and on his show, he made in multiple um, episodes actually. They were filled with racist comments and impressions of the Asian Chinese specifically accent and community. So in several episodes, uh, he went on and just referred to um, and making fun of their accents, making fun of, you know, the, the, the community. Um, he also went on to talk about a battle of Gettysburg and saying the soldiers looked so gay. Uh, he just had a lot of... Um, Episodes where he would use the F word, he would use retarded, he uh, in in a derogatory way. Oh, wait, he said faggot. Yeah, he and he often joked about hot Southern boys being raped during the Civil War, um, and so he just was very controversial. And SNL was like, "You're not, we're not having that," so they fired him, and then this became all the buzz around. You know, SNL firing him before he even went on air. As That's a crazy talent, part. which is yeah. mayhem. But ultimately, it just goes to show you that your content follows you. And these episodes that they reference are older. So they're not like of new episodes. So this is something that it just shows you that, you know, you're out here making foolish remarks. It, it will catch up to you. No, it totally will. And I think that's one of the um, it's just the new normal as far as us living in what I refer to as a social media age. It is. And that's that, you know, people and the thing is, you don't have to be careful about what you say, but you have to understand that when you are speaking or typing or posting recklessly, that this will 100 percent follow you. So, again, you know, to your point. Uh, SNL announced that he was going to be on the show and almost immediately, um, you know, people started saying, wait a second. And, um, you know, the Internet will find receipts. Right. And there was a freelance um, comedy reporter, Seth Simons, who posted a few clips of Gillis um, and his co-host from his podcast, Mm -hmm. Matt McCusker mocking Asian accents. So that's kind of when I became aware of what was going on because um, more specifically, the one charge that was being leveled was that he used the word chinks to mm-hmm. describe Multiple Asian times. Chinese people. Um, and I actually did watch one of the clips of him using this language. Oh, I didn't watch um, And he was basically talking about Chinatown and they had all these disparaging things to say about Chinatown and the MSG. It was just really bizarre when I watched it. Sidebar, it was not funny. So let's just be clear about that. Um, and I have so many thoughts about this, this particular topic, because there's a few things going on here. One, we have SNL. Yes. SNL 100% knew what they were getting. Yes. They 100% knew who this person was. But they were trying to balance the liberal versus conservative and that the conservative is, blew up in their face. And I feel like that is a bullshit excuse for, for signing this type of a person, because I'm sure that they can find a comedian who was good who is not left-leaning in their politics or in their comedy that they could sign for SNL. And it's crazy because even though we don't know who Shane Gillis is, from my research, what I I found is that people in the comedy world are very aware of who he is. Mm. He's from Philly. I don't know if he... Really? I didn't didn't read that. He is from Philly. Um, And he made some bullshit comments about, oh, you know, like... 
the, the people I know from Philly have different politics than the people than my new woke friends in New York City. Uh-uh. And it's like that's another fucking bullshit argument, and that drives me crazy, and it really fucking irritates Ooh. me. And I don't know if anyone is following. This is a little bit of a tangent, but I don't know if anyone's following um, Justin Trudeau, who is the Canadian Prime Minister, and now he's got a scandal with blackface. Oh yeah, and it's like. How many white people go their whole lives without doing blackface? Bitch, I have. How many white people go their whole lives without uttering a racist word? Bitch, I have. Don't give me this bullshit about where you're from and the politics of the old ass people in your family who are fucking racist. Oh, come on. Fuck them. They're racist. And I don't give a shit and I'll say it. And it's like, so again, I think that SNL knew what they were getting. They were probably courting controversy to a certain extent. Probably. Not thinking that it would get to a point where people were really would be calling for them to receipts. fire him. Because, you know, receipts is important. Indeed. And it's crazy because the one thing I read that really kind of took me aback was um, there's this one comedy theater in Philly where he's from. It is the good, good comedy theater in Philadelphia. And in a statement, they said that they deliberately chose good, not good. to work mm-hmm. with him. Because of his overt racism, sexism, homophobia, and transphobia Mm. expressed both on and off stage. So, again, that just proves to me even further that SNL knew what they were doing. Oh, they know. They absolutely know. You know, to your point, SNL released some fucking bullshit statement about wanting to have... Um, you know, different voices, a variety of viewpoints, but that way he's his prior remarks that have surfaced over the past few days that they quote unquote weren't aware of <laughs> that he used the language. So then y'all ain't doing the research that Twitter does. Hello. They're not vetting people. Y'all need to hire black Twitter. Hello. They said the language that he used was offensive, hurtful, and unacceptable. So that's why they had to let him go. And then of course he comes out with a non-apology and he says that he feels it's ridiculous for community comedians to be making serious public statements but here we are i'm a comedian who was funny enough to get snl that can't be taken away and then he says that something to the effect of i will apologize to anyone who was actually offended which okay so now you're minimizing the fact that what you've said in the past is fucking unacceptable Mm -hmm. socially and you're saying that you will only apologize to people that he offended and and it also it what what he's doing there you're gonna personally do handwritten notes no no no. what he's doing there is basically saying you woke people who are offended are only offended on the surface you're feigning this outrage because you're woke and not because you really Mm. think that there's something wrong with what i said and it's like you know what i'm so glad that they fired him I wish that they had never hired him in the they first place. Have. This is just like fucking Roseanne when they hired Roseanne and had her on a sitcom where her bullshit and NBC, I think, was the network they knew. Or I, I'm not going to say NBC because has I don't Trump know said anything about this? No, why I find would that he? interesting because no, you know, why would he? He, I mean, I just feel like he would mention that here we are again, someone with conservative point of view oh, that's is a good out point. here getting no. fired like they did Roseanne. Which which actually to your point that it's kind of interesting that he didn't because he could have taken that as an opportunity to swipe SNL, mm-hmm. which he's done in the past. And that's part of what has caused all this is at um Trump has been a vocal critic of SNL and saying that they have this liberal bias and it's like, well of course they do because I mean let's just be honest. Like the shit that you're doing is ridiculous. It's it's comedic gold, <laughs> and, and it's and again, it's it, you're a hundred percent right. It's comedic I know, gold. Man. <laughs> it's like why oh, wouldn't why wouldn't they make fun of you? You to Alana said it best last week on our episode. He's a fucking imposter. Mm. So you know, we'll see what happens. Look at you I, listening back to episodes. My <laughs> my guess is that um, 
we won't see a replacement because it's probably too late. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll just go with the other two new people that they had, one of which was actually an, an Asian comic. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens with... They need to hire a black woman. They do. They do. They. I don't know. I don't know what's going on over there. So no, well, bitch, the next... With the, we got a lot of heavy topics in the beginning <laughs> of this episode. We, we do, but the such. funny thing is, I just want to mention before we move on, is that Shane, of course, because he's a comedian, he did have a, a show more recently where he addresses all of this. And you honestly, you can Google it, you can tell that he doesn't... He's not apologetic for what he said in the well, past. Bitch, yeah. Sometimes my jokes work and sometimes they don't. It's not a fucking apology. It sure isn't. So, yes, the next topic is Chelsea Handler. So, Chelsea Handler, um, she's a pretty famous comedian. Um, she had her own show years ago. Um, was that what network was on? It was on E. E, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she would have like comedians come on, they would talk pop culture, and it was actually pretty funny. It was a half an hour show. Yeah, it was cute. Um, and Lonnie Love was on there. That's uh-huh. where we found Lonnie. Um, but she has recently, um, obviously, um, signed a contract with Netflix. Where it may she, not be obvious. It is obvious because this isn't her first thing. She well, has not that everyone show may on know she had, but go ahead. Oh, okay, bitch. All right. I'm sorry. Maybe it's not obvious. We don't want to level set. She has. You a, know, level set, level set, level set. You know, I'll love a say you. Okay? Oh, bitch. So she has this Netflix deal, and the latest I'm released with her Netflix deal is a documentary. And I thought it was going to be a docu-series, but I think it really is just the one documentary. Yeah, it's just one. Um, um, that's I believe it's called Hello Privilege. It's, it's me, me, Chelsea. Chelsea. Um, because, and that's a reference to, I think, one of her book, her first book, which mm-hmm. was um, Hello Vodka, It's Me, Chelsea. Because she talks at length about like her addiction issues and um, you know not always being okay, which is one of the things I actually like about her. But she is definitely the beneficiary of white privilege. Absolutely. And this documentary unfolds. It does. It unpacks that. It unpacks that. To a certain extent, it could have been longer in my in my opinion. I think that there could have been more unpacking that could have happened. But I do commend her for getting it even as far as she did with this. Um, it's very fascinating. And for me, the first thing that fascinated me about it is how self-reflective she is, which, granted, she has multiple books um, where she talks about herself and her life, but this seemed to be even, and I've never read any of her books, so, you know, full disclosure. Um, but, I, bitch. but this seemed to go more into detail about, um, you know, again, the fact that she is a beneficiary of white privilege and this idea of how um, privilege and discrimination actually run on a parallel. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's uh, you know, something that people don't really understand about how privilege works. And the way that one of her guests explained it was that, Privilege, essentially, in this context, and we're not talking about, we've talked about before how you can get caught on a semantics and how privilege, you know, it means money if you're talking about it in a certain yeah. context, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about privilege that's associated with race, race and the way that you look and the way you navigate the world. And what the guest said was basically that privilege is the opposite of oppression and discrimination. Mm-hmm. So if you're not a part of the group that's being discriminated against or you're oppressed, privileged. then you already are starting at a place of privilege because mm-hmm. of that. And I thought that that was a fascinating way to explain it in a way that maybe people who are a little um, recalcitrant to this idea that they can say oh okay wait a second so if i think about it that way then i i do have privilege and this privilege doesn't have anything to do with the idea that my parents are rich or that i have all this money um so you know she told the story of um her ex she told a story about her getting pregnant mm-hmm. at like 15 and her dad her dad her having 
two abortions, I think she mm-hmm. said, by the end of the documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, her ex at that time when she was very young was a black man. He was a drug dealer. He was involved in this life. She was also involved in that life as an extension because she was with this guy. Mm-hmm. She talked about, you know, run-ins with the police where she was allowed to skate by because she was a white mm-hmm. woman. And how essentially what happened with her ex is that he got caught in this cycle of being in a system that he couldn't escape because he's black. Mm-hmm. And I just found the whole thing to be, again, very fascinating. It's it's she's a very interesting messenger. <laughs> I see, and I read multiple reviews of the documentary, and it, it has been met with mixed reviews. And I read both multiple, and there, there's been good reviews and bad. And I read I read both kinds, mm-hmm. and I actually agree with both. Like I think that. She was able to start a conversation, right. but I think the conversation really started and ended on this documentary about her. Yeah. Uh, it really wasn't about the issue. It was about her issue. That's a fair criticism. Um, and I think where where I had concern, like not where I had issue with the documentary is, although I think it's good to hear more about her story and about the why she's the way she is and her privilege, I think this was a missed opportunity where she could have talked she could have spoke about not only the issue. And I think there was been, there were, there were aspects of this documentary that I enjoyed, which was the, just the disgusting conversation with the group of white women from, I think it was Bel Air. No, they were all Republicans. (laughs) Like just their lack of just, empathy for others and understanding that they had privilege not even just a lack of awareness it's a lack of self-awareness so i think they could have unpacked that more i think she could have been you know i think what was interesting about all of this is that again it, it felt like it was her story about her white privilege not about which I guess that's kind of stated in the title. That was just the point. It's all point. Um, however, I think there's there was moments where I I I believe they kind of missed the mark, and you know, um, the the, the in depth you know visit with her her boyfriend and their family, and like the double click into like the their family. It was it felt just weird to have that be a part of a documentary that's about white privilege when. Again, it, I think it's just, and I had to be reminded when I was reading the re, in the reviews that like it, the documentary was more about her journey and understanding white privilege, not about us as the the viewers understanding white privilege and understanding what she's doing. It's more about how she's learning her privilege, but not just learning her privilege, but also so. While I would agree that that's a fair criticism about it, you know. You know, almost being like, oh, well, this is this is actually I'm talking about privilege, but this is this is actually about me. Um, first of all, I think that was part of the point mm-hmm. of it is that she's like saying, OK, this is me. This I have come to this realization about privilege and how it works. And this is how I came to this realization, because I actually unpacked my own personal history and yeah. thought about how I've seen privilege play out in real life. So not as an abstract idea. Not as this thing that I'm reading in a book or seeing on TV or hearing someone say, mm-hmm. but practically this is how I've seen white privilege play out in my life. So I didn't have a problem with her going back to talk to the boyfriend, talking to the family, because that was a moment where it was like, look at these two people. Yeah. Look at where they are in their lives. And they essentially, if we're using 15 as the start, they started out 
at the same place. Mm-hmm. But because she is a white woman in America she was and he is a to. black man in America, they ended up in two very completely different places in their lives. I think the other thing that was missing, though, in the documentary was, you know, at the end of the hour, really a, a moment to announce some sort of thing that she's doing to continue the conversation. Agreed. It felt like the conversation ended when it, it shouldn't and yeah. it can't. Yeah. So it, it was a missed opportunity to say visit blah, blah, blah dot right. com for more right. information of how to get involved or visit blah, 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 blah. Or Chelsea's doing like a tour with, you know, about having a panel discussion with local blah, 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 like whatever she's doing. And I felt like that was the missed opportunity that I think the the viewers would have been like, wow, it's not only about her. It's about me. I agree. And that's what and that was kind of the point I, I was making in the beginning where I said, um, that I thought it was going to be a, an actual docu-series. And yeah. I think that there actually would have been more value in it being a Agreed. docu-series and her being able to take more time to explain not only how this, you know, looks within the context of her life and things that she's seen, but yes, having this be more of a dialogue with other people. Because the other interesting thing that was said during the documentary was white people need to talk to other white people mm-hmm. about privilege. It's true. And they do. And this is the thing we've talked. We talk about this all the time on this pod about, you know, people who have a seat at the table or people who are allowed access to certain rooms in this country. It's not a bad thing. When you are a part of that and you are someone who realizes how unjust this country and the institutions in this country can be, you cannot let people slide when they're saying racist shit, when they're saying sexist shit, when they're saying transphobic things. You need to stand up and say, hey, you should think about this in a different way. It's and if true. you're not doing that, is and especially if you're someone who's a part of one of these disenfranchised groups, and you're in a situation where you are with people who are part of the majority and you're sitting back and you're allowing it to happen and you're not saying you're anything, you are a huge part of the problem. I think I would, I've been telling everyone about the documentary because I think it, it, it starts the conversation and it allows people to um, feel more comfortable having dialogue around this. I think that it can be challenging for people to acknowledge privilege, especially if they are a cisgendered white person. Mm-hmm. Um, cause even cisgendered white women have privilege. Okay. Just because they are a woman does not mean they do not sit in privilege. They it do. Not. Um, I think that cisgender white women have a, ton everyone of has a piece of privilege on this world. They're presented with the same, with, they're presented with some piece of privilege. However, some, you know, more than others. And I think it's important to lean into your privilege. And I think Chelsea's, she started that. I'm interested to see what happens post this. Uh, and if anything does, I know that she has been, you know, associated with having and and has been given a lot of flack about being almost obsessed with black men, um, more of a fetish, not of a love. Um, and she's been romantically linked with all ki- all types of men, but black men specifically, people call her out for being with for the fetish, not for the actual. Yeah, but how do people know that she's fetishizing? Child, you know, it's 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 the internet's. Why? Okay. Because she says something about maybe a big black dick or something? I don't know. But ultimately... <laughs> I don't I, either. I'm I, confused. I'm like, wait, what how do you I, know why I was, she likes black This men? is what I read in my research, bitch. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> what I need Chelsea to do is show us more. That's what I need her to do. Yeah. I think that that's, what, that's what's required for us to actually understand what you're doing. Yeah. And, and I mean... It can't just be about you. Right. No, I agree. And I think you can't that, change because if you change, that's great. The world will still be the same. But again, she didn't have to make this documentary. 
So I well, this documentary like, was about her. So no, she didn't, but she did. She didn't have to make this documentary. She could have made a documentary about anything, and she chose to do this. And I think that she deserves credit for at I'm least that. I'm giving her credit, but there, I'm just saying because there's morbid. there's a ton of people out here who are in her position. Who are there's fucking the what's her name? What's the other comedian? She ain't doing shit who like this. About? The other really popular white comedian, female, um, Amy Schumer. Oh, she, she ain't doing baby, nothing yeah. in this space. Okay. And she likely never will. So again, I think that we need to give people credit where credit is due. And though the documentary is not perfect, it's a really good place to start, in my opinion. Well, we also need to give credit to um, our sponsors. Ray, no, we need to give credit for, to our sponsors. Okay, yeah, we're going to pause for a minute because, you know, we've been <laughs> yes, long-winded yes. and wearing long dresses. Yes. So. No, we have we had a lot of opinions on this. I lo- This episode is good, I can already tell. Oh, bitch, you know, you know what's not good? <laughs> we need to take a break. We'll bitch. talk about Issa when we come back. <laughs> Most of us would agree that the Battle of the Bulge can be a real bitch. So we've decided to partner with HitLab right here in West Seattle. That's high intensity interval training. And if you're wondering where to find them, just find them on the internet at hitlab.com. That's H-I-I-T lab, L-A-B.com. And if you're here in Seattle, guess what? We got you an offer. That is $7 for one week. That's $1 a day for unlimited classes for you new users. That sounds like an awesome deal. So we'd love to see you there. So we're not the only one sweating out our blowouts in the interest of health and wellness. Now, let's get back into the show. Oh, bitch, I'll be back. So back. Oh. It was really good. We actually ate during this break, which is not something we normally do. You had a whole ass dinner. Um, Okay, so first of all. Here you are. You look, aspersions are like your favorite thing to cast. Okay. Mm. Like like a witch casting fucking magic spells. No, I like to cast shadows. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, we were talking before the break about our next story, which is Yeah, what, so Issa Ray, bitch. If you yeah. don't know her, she you've been living under a rock. She is um the creator uh and and lead writer of Insecure. She also is a creator and a writer for the Black Lady Sketch Show, and she's a boss-ass bitch. Well, she it is rumored that she's in the early development stage of the remake 1996 cult classic Set It Off, bitch. Variety reported this week that she will produce and potentially star in the film. So Set It Off, if you don't know, it as I mentioned, 1996, it starred... Four women, Jada Pickett-Smith, Queen Latifah, Vivica A. Fox, and Kimberly Elise. Uh, and it basically was uh, around them robbing a bank and, you know, creating, you know, the, the, the complexities of their characters and the relationships that they all had with each other and with money and with the community, etc. So it was a re- it was an amazing movie right it was a bank heist film not robbing a bank but robbing banks they oh with like, an ass bitch yeah, Ooh, come on come on bitch <laughs> um and it basically was just the same kind of characters that seemed to only be reserved for roles of male so this was mm-hmm. it was important because there were four women um so it is reported that it is coming back also if you don't know it's on the chitlin chitlin circuit um tour right now for a um, a stage version with Debrat. <laughs> wait, so wait, wait, wait. Debrat is in the stage wait. version. Version she plays. So first of all, 
I'm sorry. There's a stage version. You didn't know this? Of Set It Off. Yes. Latoya Lucka was in it in Atlanta. And DeBrat is um, Queen Latifah's part. Yeah. Uh, well, of course she is. So, what are your thoughts on this remake? I love Issa. But, um, I mean, I, if I'm being honest, I could do without this. I agree. Okay. So, my thing is, can we make some really good new shit? Like, can we have some like some new ideas that come to the fore? Okay. And, you know, some new films with, you know, predominantly, if not all, black casts and not just, you know, redo, rehash, reboot, retread, mm. whatever the fuck, remake, whatever you want to call it. Mm. Like I, mm. like Re-imagine. you're, you're, you're foregoing new ideas when you re something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and you know, kudos to Issa, obviously for, um, insecure, which is fucking amazing. A black lady sketch show took me a little longer than I would have wanted yes. for me to get into it, but I am all in now with that. And it's like, I, I want more of that and, yeah. and less of, you know, let's redo something in my opinion the times when i'm like yes i'm psyched for a remake or reboot or redo Mm -hmm. is if it's like sci-fi or maybe horror or some genre where the advances in technology and film will allow you maybe to reimagine it in a way that you couldn't do it originally but this does not fall into that category yeah um, (laughs) you know i had mixed emotions about it I, i would support it However, comma, I don't need it. Yeah. It, and, and that's the thing. If it just you know, it feels I, a little unnecessary. The, the soundtrack was good, too. Bitch. The soundtrack was great. With the the song I listened to the yesterday, Missing You, with Brandy. So that's one, night. that's one opportunity that they will have to make a bomb-ass new soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Okay? And not like Independent Women then turns into Don't Call Me an Angel or whatever. Don't Call Me a Devil, bitch. Okay. That's Go back and listen to last week's episode if you didn't, because, yeah. But, yeah, so that's one thing where I'm like, okay, if you're going to redo the soundtrack, I'll be I'm here, here for it. Because, you know, Issa loves music. Yeah. But the, the, the film, you know, to your point, we probably would see it just because, you know, we do like to support things. Um, you know, and, and so we support everybody who's black. Um, but mm, we do. Yeah. Again, it feels unnecessary. It sure does. Yeah. So talking about unnecessary. unnecessary, these two Caucasian <laughs> privileged white people. And I chuckle. But when I actually got deeper into my research with this, I, it they actually been, made me profoundly they have, sad. They are damaged. Like so much damage. They like, are damaged like Aubrey O'Day's face. Bitch. Girl, like the bitch who keeps getting perms, her hair, you know, Ooh, it's, it's control. It, so. The Carters. And when we say the Carters, we're not talking not about Beyonce, Beyonce and Jay-Z. Jay-Z. We're talking about Aaron um, and we're talking about Nick. So Aaron Carter, for anyone who doesn't he did know. Hillary Duff. Yes, he was. And, he, um, sang, he did music back Lindsay in Lindsay Lohan. What decade was that? The 90s and 2000s. That was the 90s? It was like the late 90s. But he was super 2000s. young, though. Yeah, he was. He amazing. was like a teenager or something. Um, but it's not what we needed, and it's not what he needed. <laughs> I don't know any of his. Like, I'm, I'm sure if I heard his music, I would know it, but like, I can't name a. a I don't know her. Aaron Carter song, but and then obviously Nick Carter was actually um, a part of a Backstreet Boys. Okay, you are. so these two have had like major beef going all the way back, and it's obviously rooted in their childhood, but more recently. Um, there's been this feud that's been brewing between the two of them, um, which actually started with Aaron blasting Nick um, while boarding an early morning flight. Um, and this was from L.A. to Washington, D.C., where he basically said that he was looking forward to spending some time with his friends mm. and his dirt bikes, his mother and his music. 
And then he says, someone please show me a picture with me and Odin, my nephew, do it. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like, what is he even talking about? And then later on, um, Nick comes out and says, after careful consideration, my sister Angel and I regret that we were required to seek a restraining order against our brother Aaron today. Um, And this was via tweet. He said, in light of Aaron's increasingly alarming behavior and his recent confession that he harbors thoughts of intentions, I'm sorry, thoughts and intentions of killing my pregnant wife Mm. and unborn child, we were left with no choice but to take every measure measure possible to protect ourselves and our family. We love our brother and truly hope he gets the proper treatment he needs before any harm comes to himself or anyone else. But then he went on this whole him being Aaron on a tangent, launched into another Twitter storm. And this time it was about Nick and their late sister. But what I lifted from this was that he then claimed via Twitter multiple other women have accused his brother of sexual misconduct and imploring someone to do an R. Kelly type documentary on Nick. And then he started adding people. He said, hashtag cover up. I'm here for these women. Started adding more women right by their side. I'm using my platform to help these women feel brave. He then went on the episode of doctors, which is a CBS talk show last week and talk about his mental health health. And he um, officially was diagnosed that he, multiple personality disorder, schizophrenia, acute anxiety, and a manic depressive. And he's provided, bitch, he he has been prescribed, and the list goes on and on, pills. I I can't even pronounce some of these shit, this shit. He also appeared on TMZ Live to talk about guns. On September 16th, he revealed he had several little guns, loaded guns at his home, and he said the police are made aware of. But as you mentioned, Ray, so this Carter feud isn't something new. So in 2006, I don't know if you can take us back to 2006, bitch, 13 years ago. The Carters had a show on E! It was called House of Carters. Mm -hmm. Uh, And during this, there was some issue between him and Nick. And he captioned the clip saying, leave me alone for the rest of my life. life. I'm begging you, please. I haven't even seen you guys. And Nick, you bullied me my whole life, tortured me as a child. And anyone that knows it, it's been public. And now you're you're scared of the truth. So they've had issues going back their whole life, I think. And ultimately, I think that this is just a resurgence of, of Aaron, you know, being just mentally he needs help, um, professional help and... Nick is also been challenged with drug abuse and I think damage because he was young when he was in, in the industry. So I think they're just basically going back and forth on some foolishness and we're just watching it unfold. This- yeah, I, I actually watched a clip from that 2006 show um, where there was a, first a verbal and then what physical turned into a physical altercation between the two of them. And the interesting thing for me, and again, we all know there are some pitfalls with reality TV and the way that things can be edited. And, um, but in that particular video, the interesting thing that I walked away with, um, or impression was that Nick actually was the aggressor. Hmm. He was very much in Aaron's face. Well, this is back when Nick was alleged had issues with drugs. And he, you know, at one point actually started putting his finger and like pushing 
Aaron's face and then so they're, he's yelling at him and they're yelling at each other because he told him to turn music down or something and then um, Nick shuts the door so now we can't see what's happening but they're still mic'd so we can hear that there's an altercation and then the family or whoever else was in this house that they were in everybody yeah. comes running and they come and, and open the doors and they come out and then immediately after that again could be editing but immediately after that um nick basically accuses aaron of being the aggressor so it's just it's just very interesting and you know we we have siblings both of us we know that you know there can be an interesting dynamic between siblings Mm -hmm. and um in this case it seems like maybe there's some truth to the fact that nick was a bully you know with aaron over the years you know when they were younger and maybe he didn't treat him you know with the kind of love or respect that he was looking for as a kid at that time um but but what's really they scary therapy, and what's really sad about this is this 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 revelation apparently that um you know he's he being Aaron is schizophrenic among among other things mm-hmm. and that was a, the thing where but um uh Nick was saying was that um there had been some type of FaceTime or something and that's when he had said that he was hearing voices that mm-hmm. Aaron was hearing voices and that he told um, that the voices were telling him to kill babies um, and he says, I, I the, the, he allegedly said, I have thoughts of killing babies. Mm-hmm. I think about killing Lauren, who was Nick's pregnant wife, which is what l- allegedly led to Nick um, actually taking out the restraining order. But it's just, this is a very sad story. It I is, mean, it's so. just a lot of um, laundry and we don't even know if the laundry is really true. Um, it got to a point where then, um, and I didn't know, I, and maybe I just forgot this, these whole rape allegations yeah. against Nick. I think I, re- I think I remember it kind of in a yeah, small part it, of my it brain came and, went. and it died. Apparently the statute of limitations had already run out for this particular incident. It was one of the singers from that group dream Yeah, who had accused him. And then what Aaron was saying was that there are other accusers too. I stand with the accusers against my brother. And he was adding them. He's like, a horrible girl. person. Um, which again, like, it's just like, what? And then he goes on to say that their dead sister, um, actually not only introduced him to huffing or introduced him to drugs, Mm. but that she also molested him. Mm. So, I mean, to say that this is a family feud, this goes beyond feud. They all, they, they need therapy. I think they need more than therapy. They need to, uh, they need to stay away from the, what's, what's beyond therapy. What's the next step? You need to go rehab. (laughs) Like family rehab? Bitch, a rehab, a retreat. Oh, like a retreat for the whole family. No, I can see that. They need need like Iyanla for like a a swift, like two and a half, three weeks. I don't, I I don't, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) All right. My business, child. (laughs) So we were going to talk about um, Antonio Brown. We're going to talk about now. We're going to give a little brief mention of Beyonce and the gift. So Beyonce, it feels like it was so long ago because it was last Monday, but. Beyonce debuted um, The Gift, uh, Making of The Gift. Uh, It was a documentary that aired on September 16th on ABC. It gave us an inside look of the making of Beyonce's The Lion King, The Gift album. Um, She gave us a rare glimpse into her personal life on this documentary, which she often does when she is leading the creative. So we saw video and and pictures of Sir and Rumi. We saw um, Blue Ivy giving us hairography you know choreography she was dropping bars bitch she was doing her most and i live for her it also gave us private um private gave us a very private um footage of you know beyonce and jay-z doing things in the hamptons etc so 
overall, Rumi and Sarah being more important. That's why I said that already. Oh, did you? I didn't yeah. hear that part. Because you cut I... me off, bitch. That's why I, I, yeah, I tuned out for like a swift oh, like thirty seconds. Okay. That's Just fine. Go you on. Started drinking. Go on. <laughs> so overall, it was just another. It was another nod to Beyonce. Did this? I found to be very interesting. Basically, within like a day or two after she did not get any Emmys for her homecoming work. Um, so here she is like, well, bitch, if I ain't going to get them 2019, bitch, I'm going to get them 2020. And she going to do this little gift, the documentary. Uh, I think that it, what, what was missing from this documentary that I think, and I, I'm going to say this as a Beyonce fan, it meant what, what was missing from this documentary was like fresh. It feels like a format she's done, um, often, and I, I don't know how fresh it feels, you know? That's your opinion? No, go on. Is that it? Oh, you are silent, bitch. <laughs> Silence of the lambs. That go was ahead. that was it. The, okay, you're ready. You you're ready for me? Okay. So um I love this. And um part of the reason that I love it is probably because I love the album so much. Oh, sorry. Oh, girl. You okay the phone, girl. Yeah. Yes. Keep it together. Um, so, um, this, and I, I hear you. I mean, I like the album. I'm not saying I don't like the album. No, I didn't say that you did. It's clear. No, 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 I didn't say that you did, Uh, but, but, um, I hear you, what you're saying about, you know, this seeming like, you know, similar to things that she's done in the past. I would say, I mean, it's, it's essentially just a documentary. So there's really only so many different ways that you can do a documentary. What I actually liked about it was um, how she integrated and included the contributions of the other artists that she worked with Yeah, um, in this, which is like, you know, some of these people uh, are people who the masses have never heard of. So like that's, it's great exposure for them in this particular market. Um, you know, there is no secret that I am low key obsessed with this album. I still listen to this album multiple times a week because I love it that much. Um, but I also, the thing that I found really interesting was her recording the album in somebody's living room. Like, I yeah. don't know where she was, but probably a rental property. Who knows where? I, 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 part of me thinks that a lot of this was done during their visit to Africa for the global citizens. Yeah. Um, and that they, you know, probably rented a house or whatever. And they had, you know, people fly in to work with them and they work with the local artists, which you could see that um, with a lot of the um, African artists that they worked with. um, And she even says at some point, like they had to really want to be a part of this because it had to be done so quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was just cool to me because personally seeing her literally like recording these songs that I am in, I'm obsessed with in a living room, just, reaffirms this whole idea of Jay and I sitting here in our dining room right now. Oh, really? Making this pod. That's what I said. Where I'm just like, okay, fucking Beyonce is making the gift in somebody's living room and we're making a pod in our dining room. And that just shows me that like you can make art Mm, mm, in a way that's convenient for you. Tell them, bitch. Okay? And we're making art in a way that's convenient for us. And I just just, need new art. I loved it. I needed a new format. What do you mean you need need new art from her? I need a new format from her. I need like... She didn't have to do a documentary at all. How many people are doing documentaries? I just feel like... I feel like it's time for Beyonce to... What were you looking for? Turn the for? world upside down. But what like, were you I looking like for she in this? Because this is so. But let's level set. Lemonade. This is not her project. I'm not saying, but I'm saying like what this I'm. Is I'm a, this is a side project. Okay, bitch. What I'm saying is that when it is her project, don't come with this foolishness again. 
oh, now it's foolishness. <laughs> like I'm just saying, like if you think about all the documentaries that we've seen okay. in the last two, three, five years. Uh-huh. Um, there has been a lot. Yeah. You know, like, and I'm not saying this is foolish. I enjoyed the show. I enjoyed. Well, the I mean, you are saying it's foolish. What I'm saying is that this type of foolishness implies that it's foolish. Ultimately, what I'm hoping for is something, the content to be a little fresh, like her approach to be a little fresher. Yeah. You know? No, I mean, that, you know, again, that that's it. It's, you have that it opinion feels like it feels like a recipe. OK, um, but you know, another maybe that's what she's looking for is just like her, her, the Beyonce recipe, bitch. Maybe. But another thing for me and a thing that I think that is being really missed in this whole idea of her doing um, a companion to this film is that let's think about this. Disney, a multi-billion dollar uh-huh. corporation that values their reputation because they're like a company that caters to children and families. They value that above pretty much anything else because of Mm -hmm. the way that that company is structured in a way that it works. The fact that they would partner with a black woman Mm -hmm. and allow her to create this type of art. I think that this is what's being lost when we talk about this and we think about this project is that, it's pretty groundbreaking and amazing. No, I agree. I'm not, I am not discounting the the history she made with this project. And it's like, so for me, it's like, it's, and I've talked about this before, where the kind of lukewarm, like, um, performance, um, you know, reception of this album really makes me kind of sad because it's like, I feel like people, it's just being missed on people that this is something that was pretty monumental mm. and also a good piece of art on top of that. Um, but that being said, you know, it, it's done. It's in the can. We will, this is not Ooh, the last that the we're, can. this is not the last we're going to hear of this because when those Oscar nominations come in and even the Grammys, we are going to hear, um, you know, her getting some, you know, some praise for this particular album and we'll see what happens as far as her, like maybe even performing some of this stuff live mm, for a television I hope audience. So. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> the, the next topic is Kenya Moore. Are you going to do it? Oh, yeah. So Kenya Moore. So she is back on the Real Housewives of Atlanta and she is creating her storyline. Did you hear newest... she came back to a pay cut? Yeah. I read that. A million dollar pay cut? Mm-hmm. I read that too. Okay. Five, she signed on, signed back on for half a million dollars, which is down from 1.5 million in her most recent season. Well, Kenya Moore also announced her most recent divorce, and she's doing that, in my opinion. This whole marriage was, are you okay, bitch? You over here just doing woo bitch? And I'm like, so oh. I was burping, and rather oh. than burp and then blow it in your face, I figured that mm. I would turn my face well, away. Well, Kenya Moore burped and blew a divorce <laughs> in her man's, fa- man's face. So she decided to announce she did not do um, a day or two after she posted a picture of her daughter and who she calls her miracle baby and her, at that time, husband, Mark Daly, um, that she said in such statement being, it is with profound sadness, I regret to inform my fans, I am divorcing oh. my husband, Mark What's that Daly, accent? due to the recent and ongoing circumstances. Was this your British accent? No, I can no longer continue into this marriage. She said to CNN on Friday, my sole concern and focus is and will always be my daughter, Brooklyn, my miracle baby. She is made, she was made with love and true commitment. I'd ask for our privacy and respect moving forward. Well, Mark Daly, who wears um, Steve Harvey, Harvey suits, uh, we saw him. We went to his trash of a restaurant in Brooklyn. Okay, so trash is a strong word. It tasted, it was bland. 
and they had the music up like it was a club the and the bitch was, was playing very loud we could not hear each other the speak. bitch was playing violins and it just was it there was a violin player uh-huh it was but oh, over hip-hop it wasn't it it wasn't good guys don't go um well, ultimately, Moore left the reality show following season 10 and has been open about the fact that Daly was a very private person. It also has been rumored that um, they've been having issues for a while um, and that her pregnancy uh, had caused a lot of the issue. Well, part of the story, the tea, the gaga, is that um, Kenya said due to recent and ongoing events, if you catch that, Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that means people are saying that Mark did something that prompted her to file for a divorce, meaning that ultimately they were literally just on a talk show. Who was it? It was the Tammy Laren show. Tom, no, Tammy no, no, no. Don't say it, that. Who was it? it was. Um, OK, so first of all, do not mix these two people up. I said the okay. Tammy Laren. Oh, no, bitch. it's Tamron Hall. That's what I meant. The black, woman, Hall, the black woman. Not that other woman. So other they were just on that Heffa. on her show, and they yes, I said were uh-uh. they were discussing you know raising a child and their love, and that was on Monday. Well, within by end of week, she announced their divorce. Um, so it also is I don't know if you read this, Ray. This was the Gaga too. So Kenya had a meltdown. She's been really struggling, um, basically, around the idea of being a single mom, and she said on camera how much she was having to deal with and the pressure that she was re- has been really intense. She's in crisis mode and she broke down when filming The Real Housewives, allegedly, and t- and feels like she's doing all the parenting in the relationship and is overwhelming. Oh, she's overwhelmed. So I'm intrigued to see where and how this storyline is folded into The Housewives this year. And well, I feel like it will be a big part of her story. Well, a couple of things. Um, first of all, uh, he also released a statement which is, I have come to the difficult decision to separate from Kenya at this time. Our daughter has two parents that love her very much, and in her best interests, the situation should remain as private as possible. Mm-hmm. I cherish our family's good times together and will continue to co-parent in a loving way. Rumors, innuendo, or false accusations only serve to hurt our family and will be addressed through counsel, meaning legal counsel, as the law permits. Please respect our privacy during this challenging period. Mm-hmm. So it's just a couple of things where it's like he isn't he's insinuating in this that he made the decision to leave her. First when of all, Kenya is saying that she made the decision. to. Leave I mean, him, she didn't really say so that, but words. she just said that, like, d- due to recent events. Well, apparently one of the recent events is earlier this month. Where they were filming Real Housewives, and uh, you know, also just to to you know go back a little bit, the reason or one of the reported reason that she was fired from Real Housewives was because of her keeping her marriage or her mm-hmm. wedding a secret, and it was very um, you know widely reported that he wasn't interested in being featured on the show at all. Yeah, um, obviously, which was obvious when she was on the show, he was very not in it. Yes, and obviously during intervening time, he made a decision that he would actually be a part of the filming. I guess after they got married and after they had the baby. So apparently, there was this aggressive confrontation between mm. the two of them at an event that he was hosting. This is while Bravo was filming. Mm. And the insider um, actually told Radar Online 
um, that this event that happened at the Wimbush house was filmed and this was on September 17th and it was a charity event and that of course the messiness Mark told Eva, Eva Marcel, who's yeah. also on the show, Eva's husband, that he is tired of Kenya's shit. Mm-hmm. He called her an attention whore. Oh. The insider told Radar that Marlo Hampton overheard Mark talking to Eva's did. husband. And she told Cynthia Bailey, Nene Leakes, and Eva about the conversation, which Kenya then overheard. Mm-hmm. The source said that Kenya was furious with her husband's words and their ugly confrontation that um, followed this was actually allegedly caught on camera. Mark just doesn't want to be on TV. It is plain and simple, the insider told Radar. Mm. Kenya was shouting all sorts of threats at Mark, and the cameras kept rolling. So, you know, this trouble relationship, uh, it's not, you know, to your point, it's not a surprise. There's been trouble brewing for a while. Um, so it shouldn't really be a surprise to anyone that they, you know, are calling it quits. Um, I think Kenya just and, and obviously I don't know the woman, but seeing how she is on TV and I don't mean any disrespect. I just think she'll have a tough time finding anyone who wants to stay with her mm-hmm. like and be in a marriage with her because I think that she has a tough personality. She And in this case, I think that she there is some valid truth that she is looking to remain in the public eye. So she will do say and be anything to be such right i mean she'll sign on back to real housewives at you know a discounted rate mm-hmm. <laughs> to be back on the show and you know one of the first things i think that went through your mind i think you had said to me when we were talking about it, is that this is for the show mm-hmm. and it's like while i don't necessarily think it's for the show i think that the divorce is actually really going to happen i think that to your point there may be a calculation that's going on in her mind about where she's to, thinking mm-hmm. that she'll be able to actually benefit from this moving forward which yeah. is actually pretty sad it's actually very sad. But do you know what's not sad? What's not sad? The the unlikely and continued success oh, come of on. Lizzo's Truth Hurts. So for well, anyone... Lizzo, Lizzo is most recently on the cover of the Billboard, mag- of Billboard magazine. Yeah, their Grammy preview issue, which yes. I need to buy that because, you know, we, we need to talk about that. But mm-hmm. um, So the song Truth Hurts has been number one um, as of recording for three weeks. I believe this ties her with maybe Bodak Yellow as like the longest running yes. number one song by a female rapper mm-hmm. in like, I don't know how long. Um, but it's just so interesting how, you know, her career has kind of popped. Um, and just to be clear, Lizzo is not a new artist for anyone who thinks that, you know, she just sprung out of the ground yesterday. Um, She's been in this game for a minute. She has. She's However, been a touring artist. moment. She's been a touring artist. She's, she's been making commercial. she's been making money touring. It's not like she hasn't been successful in a certain way, but to your point, she definitely has reached a level now where you know she's becoming a household name, which is different. When you become a household name, that's a totally different um, type of fame. Check your life completely changes. Ooh. You know, she was at a point before where she mm-hmm. was touring the country, but she could also go to the supermarket yes, or go, you know, any place in public and probably, you know, 90% of people would not know who she well, was. Now and now she's gotten to a point where due to this Netflix thing, I've been reading up on this. Apparently after the Netflix film that we talked about, someone great. Yeah. Um, there was a TikTok challenge, you know, yes. I'm not on TikTok cause you know, I'm an adult. Um, and apparently there was a DNA test challenge that was on TikTok oh, that I helped that. the success. 
um, that, you know, where these kids basically, um, it was a viral meme where they were um, actually subbing in their own identities and nationalities to poke fun at stereotypes. Um, And, you know, again, a lot of people have known who Lizzo is forever. And Truth Hurts did come out in 2017 and is now having a moment in 2019, which is pretty much unheard of in the music business. So I did read also the reason another reason why Lizzo could be nominated for all main like we'll talk about this in the Grammys episode. But Mm -hmm. why she would qualify the song for the 2020 Grammys is because it was not submitted in 2017. Uh, Okay, that makes sense. So because it was not submitted yeah. and it was added to the deluxe version, yeah. it can be seen as a song. Okay. So no, cheers to Lizzo that's a really and good continued point. success on Truth Hurts. Well, no, she had, but she had a quote. That, she's like, I've always had to turn haters into congratulators. First of all, she's 31. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, and she, she goes on to say, that's the thing with my songs and my live shows. I've never lost that mentality of I have to win you over um, and I'm going and I'm never going to because I didn't learn that way. I have muscle memory in this. Mm-mm. Oh my! <laughs> so Good, again, to kudos to Lizzo. I'm here for her wins. Yes, we we came in a little. We came not right, we late, everybody before everyone else. But out. yeah, we did jump on the Lizzo train before she had her moment because we were just like, okay, this bitch actually is really good. Um, but yes, kudos to her, and I'm very eager to see what's going to happen with her because this out al- her album is fire. And I'm eager to see, like, you know, how she progresses because we saw her in, like, May for, like, $26. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, those days are gone. So can we move on to Shuffle and Repeat? Because it's been a long-ass, unfiltered, unbothered, and we have music to talk about. <laughs> we can, sure. Okay, good. So Honorable mention to Post Malone. We're not fans. Well, I'm but... good for the homeless. Now, go ahead. <laughs> he, you go first. He had a, almost okay, 500000 to you. Bravo. <laughs> almost 500000 equivalent unit debut for his latest album. Okay, great. Hollywood's Honorable bleeding. mention. There are lots of people who like Post Malone out not on my podcast, audience. but go ahead. Shop in the listening repeat. audience. Great. They can, okay. but not on my podcast. But, you know, we've podcast. talked about him before and how oh I feel like it's, it's a little unfair, you know, how he his label um, is able to get his songs on all these playlists and he gets these billions upon billions. So of what's, streams, the, what's the first song? It's fine. So the first song in Shuffle and Repeat, since I'm being rushed, is um, Alicia Keys and Miguel. So they came out with a song out of the blue. It didn't even come out on Friday. It was out on like Wednesday or something. Yeah. Um, And it's called Show Me Love, um, co-produced by Alicia Keys and someone called Morgan Matthews, who has worked with a bunch of people I don't know. Um, For me, it's okay. I mean, I, when I saw that they had a song coming out and the actual artwork for the song is very dramatic, but yeah. then you listen to the song and you're like, it's not dramatic. You know, it's like you want to pick it up and turn it over and be like, is that it? Uh-uh. Like, wait a second. It, the song sonically did not have a peak. Agreed. That's and exactly that's, what I wrote. That's which what? That, huh? It's at that, I mean, I said climax, but it's the same thing. Ooh, I said it didn't have a so climax. Nasty. <laughs> it's like cloitus with no Ooh, climax. Cloitus? <laughs> the hell is cloitus coitus what is that sexual intercourse oh i never i don't need to say sex because coitus sounds better see no no one says i'm about to go have colitis with my man coitus coitus girl i had that coitus coitus is like it's fine go on that this is too much so at least what do you think of the song i think that it like i just said it one of those songs where i went into it expecting and 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 left unexpected it just was not (laughs) 
it it wasn't what I thought. You left it wasn't. unexpected. Uh-huh. I was like, I gotta go. <laughs> I'm gonna head out. So does that mean like, like you stopped about... listening during the song? Uh-huh. Or I was like, um, you know, <laughs> this is gonna be fizzled just like every other song Alicia Keys released in the last three years. Nothing. So has first happened. of all, don't do that. She released okay. the other song that she released that no one um, raised a man. Because, what happened to that? Because here is here is good. Her we second have it on vinyl. It's, it's her good. second best album. However, comma, what about Raise a Man? How'd I do? Raise a Man. Oh, Raise a Man came out after here. Yeah. Yeah. And Raise a Man. Song, I don't even know why that was released. So <laughs> that's my opinion of the song. It yeah. was it fizzy fizzle. So it, it, it was fizzy. These two are way too talented in my mind for them to release a song like this that essentially sounds like an album track. It, it's it, like uh, this is not a part of an album. No, so bitch, why it are sounds you like a commercial it? song? <laughs> They're going to use it for commercials, Geico commercials. All right, bitch. What's in that song? So Lucky Day released a song, which I don't know why he released a song when Another the album song. just came out. The song actually arrives day, days before his headlining tour. So it's called Buying Time. Which it, we're seeing him today. Yeah. Buying mm-hmm. Time. You know, it definitely is. So Painted, his debut album came out in May. And the LP, you know, included hits like Rosa Mo, Love You So Much, and... um. It just love you so much. Actually, just received the video. Um, D Mayo, who he worked with during um, Painted, produced this song as well. D Mayo also scored major major success with Janet Jackson album Discipline. He co-wrote Feedback. Uh, he also um, has worked with album. He has worked with a lot of R and B artists. Well, and Lucky Day being one of them. Um, this album, I mean, this song, I, I liked it. I just don't, I don't see the purpose in it. Um, I added it to my playlist. I'm here for it. However, I just don't know why we needed another single when we just got a whole ass project from you in May. I agree. So like, like I, I think, feel like you're, you should, he should still be campaigning and pushing the album. Right. I, I mean, he should definitely, first of all, be doing more promo cause I haven't really seen much. Well, he did tiny desk and he did late night and, there's not a lot of outlets. Wait, what late night show that he do? Um, Jimmy Fallon. When did we watch that? Yeah. Oh, I guess it wasn't that memorable. Um, but again, we're gonna see him tonight because we are big fans of his. He's really good. He sounds really great live. Mm-hmm. Um, his tiny desk was cute. Uh, this particular song, uh, t- to me, the thing that stood out in my mind when I was listening to it was, um, he's giving me very strong, um. Uh, what's his name? Frank Ocean vibes. Mm-hmm. I've been saying that since. And you did. You said that like early on, where you're like, "Oh, he he gives. He sounds like Frank Ocean." And I really hear it with this song, where I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like I could Is hear. It, am I right again? I. It happens every, every now and again. This episode. But you know what they is. say. What? Even a broke clock is right twice a day. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm a broke clock. <laughs> you know so um, yeah, I mean, I like the song. Again, I I'm agreeing with you where I'm like I'm not so sure why we needed another song from him. Like save it for the next album. But you know, I like Lucky Day, so you should stream it at least. Give it a yeah, listen. Support a new artist. Give Alicia Keys and Miguel a song to listen to. You know, if you're bored, you can always stop mm-hmm. it. But um, all right. So the uh, last song in. No, because aren't you doing the other song too? Um, no, oh, we'll, we'll see. Go we, ahead. yeah, or I can just mention it. So, you love honorable mention, bitch. Yes, Mariah Carey has new music out, and it's actually the um theme to the new ABC show Mixed Dish that's going to premiere this fall. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think actually, we've I talked think it about is the end of September, like 26. Yes, so it's um, next month, it Actually. is the spinoff from Blackish, and it's 
um tracy ellis ross's character rainbow we go back and see like what happened when she was a kid whatever what have you okay so the song which is the theme um but actually also is a full song on streaming services um is called mixed um or in the mix i'm sorry yeah so it's in the mix i like it it has a very 80s leaning vibe and feel it feels like glitter to me in certain ways Ooh, bitch, it, glitter i listened to that album today but i know you did you were in your bag oh yeah yes and it makes sense because you know the show is actually set i believe in that decade in the 80s yes. i also love that mariah is the only credit for the track she did so everything. apparently <laughs> so i said yes bitch talk about a boss bitch because two things this bitch knows how to do one being write songs the other being cash publishing checks okay you know and i actually mariah doesn't really talk about her being biracial very often no because i think it's it's a, a sore subject for her so here she is you know honoring celebrating and writing a song in for a song for a show that is a series that is a prequel about a, a character who is um, biracial. So, and her children are biracial. So, you know, I think that, or they're triracial, bitch, because they white, black, and um, <laughs> black. Oh no, that's that's two. Oh my god. So gosh. they just yeah. I never mind, girl. Yeah, I'm lost in the sauce. <laughs> no, but no. It's so- catchy. It's fun. It's culturally significant. Um, I like the idea that Mariah Carey. Um, is is writing a song for a TV show like that? She's she's trying to get cash them checks. No, and it's a good point. I think that the point that you made about the biracial um, aspect is important. And I think that just to clarify what I said, when I say that it's a sore subject for Mariah, she has spoken very clearly and at length about um, trying and struggling to fit in with either blacks or whites as she was growing up because she was mm-hmm. biracial. So that's why it's a sort of subject for her. So to your point, I agree that I think that, um, you know, this is, this is actually probably cathartic for mm, her in I a certain so. way where she's like, yeah, you know, you know, being biracial, you know, can be this thing that is not necessarily, um, something that brings up negative thoughts or feelings. So, I hope so. kudos. And then finally moving on to the last song in, yes. Shuffle and repeat. Mention, right? Honorable mention. Maroon Five. They have a new song. It's called Memories. Um, it's co-produced by um, Adam Levine, which he produced some music now. I mean, yeah. maybe he's been doing that for a while. I've been checked their liner notes recently. Um, and by the Monsters and Strangers. Didn't have time to do the research to see who the Monsters and Strangers are as far as if it's one person or a group of people. Seems like it's a group of people, but you know, you never know in this music industry. Um, but the Monsters and Strangers actually co-produced a song that all of you probably oh, yes, know, the middle. which is Zed and Mara Morris's smash hit, The Middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say that this particular song, again, Maroon 5 Memories, is um, a song that I actually like. It is a slow burn, and you know we, we talked about Alicia Keys being a bitch, slow burn. It is a rock pop song, bitch. You put it on for eight hours, and it, it, then it will then it starts. <laughs> it's a slow burn, but I'm I'm okay with a slow burn in this context. Mm, it's kind of like not. feels a little acoustic. I like an Instapot. I don't like a, I don't like a crockpot. <laughs> it feels a little acoustic. I like it. It's a slow song. It all almost reminds me of when I was a huge Maroon Five fan because I was. 
actually kind of a Maroon 5 stan when their first album, um, Songs About Jane, came out. I listened to that album forever. I've talked about it on the pod before. It's like a classic. And this feels like more of a return to that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, it's just one song. I don't expect that to, the music that follows it will sound like this. But I like it. And also, it's co-written by... Um, my other husband. I got a lot of other husbands. You got a lot of other husbands. John Balian. I love John Balian. In your other life, you were nasty. Those short shorts John Balian wore on this last tour. Mm. I am not going to lie. I was looking for pictures online. Of short shorts. But that's fine. Oh. That's okay. All right. So that is shuffle and repeat. <laughs> and now we are going to move that into took a our weird final turn. segment. Especially when you talk about short shorts and your other husbands. And I don't know what's happening on this episode, bitch. What is your what happened was? And pick a good one. And that's not heavy, oh heavy. Because there's a lot of things on this. No, side. I mean, both of the topics were heavy, heavy. So I don't know what to tell you. So Ed Buck. So we talked about Ed. We have talked about Ed Buck before. I don't even remember how long ago it was. It was a while. Like maybe last summer. Mm. Not like this summer just ending. But like summer of i think maybe 2018 Mm -hmm. so he is this democratic donor he is very well known in political circles but also very well known in west hollywood um and this is based on the fact that he is a sexual predator who preys on um downtrodden black gay men um and allegedly what he has been known to do is um, you know, and especially, and I think a lot of the men have actually also been homeless, yes. um, but he invites them, you know, into his home, into his apartment in West Hollywood. He then either injects them with drugs or allows them to inject, inject themselves with drugs that he's providing. Um, and then does all kinds of depraved things. Um, I think two men passed away in his mm-hmm. home. Um, but he apparently his luck has changed because he, you know, up until this point was able to get away with this behavior. But more recently, um, Dr. Kevorkian, as he's called in West Hollywood gay circles, um, has actually been arrested. And there's a 22 page federal criminal complaint that was unsealed this week that painted a pretty disturbing picture of how Buck earned this grim um, moniker of Dr. Kevorkian. Mm. Ten men told investigators that Buck had paid them to use drugs and dress up in skimpy underwear for his own sexual pleasure. Several of the men claimed they lost consciousness after Buck served them a drink, and some said they woke up to the sight of him injecting drugs into their arms against their will. Mm. And this is according to this 22-page um, criminal complaint, so we'll say all of this is alleged. Yes. Um, so he was charged this week with one count, um, well, at this point, last week, with one count of distributing methamphetamine leading to, to a death, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office in Los Angeles. And the announcement into a two-year saga, again, we were even talking about this like a year ago, mm-hmm. that had circled around Buck, local law enforcement leaders, and um, activists from the city's African-American and LGBTQ communities, many of whom alleged that he had been ducking justice since 2017. And that was um, in 2017 when there was the overdose death of Jamel Moore. Mm. So it will be interesting to see He's what happens trash. with this story. I'm so glad that they're catching up with him better late than never. I think a know, part of the reason better R. Kelly than, than not. 
I mean, I think the reason why they're catching up with him is because of the the power of social media. This Maybe. This is just another what? example that he... Oh, you mean because social media kind of kindled a fire mm-hmm. last year? Absolutely. So then that made the police kind of like look at Absolutely. him. Oh, no, I can see that. So they were like watching him more closely, yeah. just like R. Kelly, where it's like, okay, now we're watching you yeah, and just waiting for someone to come up and corroborate a story. And that's kind of what happened in this um, particular situation, too, um, is that um, they charged him. And the reason that they actually charged him and just, you know, to be clear, he faces a minimum, again, mm. baseline, mm. no less mm. than 20 years in prison based on this particular complaint. Um, and, um, you know, again, he was arrested because there was a surviving victim, um, who actually escaped his home, who actually told the police a sordid story about what happened when he was in Buck's home. Mm. Um, and, you know, he basically could have been Buck's next victim. Um, and, you know, again, there are two people who died in his apartment, which is so crazy. It's crazy. That, you know, two people that died in his even, apartment. Talk about fucking white privilege. That didn't raise eyebrows. Yeah, talk say. about privilege. And I mean, part of it also has to do with the fact that, you know, the people he was targeting are not valued yeah. members of society, you know, for better or in for that, worse. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the reason why he was able to get away with it. That that was the diabolical part of his plan where he's like, oh, well, if I do homeless gay black men, like, I mean... <laughs> These people are invisible to a mainstream yeah. society, and I'll be able to get away with it. And I'm just really, really glad that his luck has run out, and I am eager to see him actually be brought to justice, just like I'm eager to see Robert be brought to justice. So we'll be following this. We'll be giving you updates. We'll be able to tell you what happened. Um, and then the last thing is we just want to – we don't talk much, and we haven't really talked very much about um, – the trans community and the um, women, trans women who um, have actually been killed this year. And we've mm-hmm. just reached number 19. That we know of. Um, that has, yeah, exactly. So like, you know, it's obviously a lot more than 19, but 19 reported deaths of trans women, um, 18 of which were black trans women. Mm-hmm. So we just want to mention that to say that, um, you know, we are advocates for the trans community. We're not perfect. Do you know what I mean? It, 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 I, it, we could be actually doing more in that space too, but we definitely want to call attention to this to say I mean, that I'm this a needs, member. it needs to stop. Oh, you want to tell us more about that? No, not today. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so this, this is, this needs to stop. Trans lives matter. You know, trans people's lives it's matter. True. And, um, I feel like we would be remiss if we did not, you know, at least say, Hey, for anyone who's not paying attention, you may want to Google this and just take a look at what's going on in this country. Um, and this is why we fight for equality. This is why we fight for visibility. This is why we fight for equity. Um, because one of the reasons that this is still going on and it's kind of flying under the radar of the mainstream media is because the trans community is still seen as being alternative. Yeah. And we need to get to a point where we get beyond that. Absolutely. And just to highlight why we said that we know of is there, there could have been, and probably has been trans women that have been misgendered, um, as male, um, in whether it be an obituary by their family or on the news. Um, so 19 that we know of. So, and then the ones that just go unreported all to, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like all together. 
Well, that, my friends, is what happened was. And we're going to end on a much lighter note, Ray. What is your word of the week, bitch? What's your Mm -hmm. final word? Yes, we are reaching the final word. And I had a couple of words this week. You always do. Um, Wow. And and I think I had talked last week or two weeks ago that I wanted to use words I actually used in the pod. But this episode, I didn't use any of the words that I had in my mind. Um, So the word that I've actually settled on for this week is histrionics. Okay. Histrionics. H I as in ice cream, S as in Samuel, T as in Tom, R, I as in ice cream, O, N as in Nancy, I as in ice cream, C as in cat, S as in Sam. So it's, are you using this as an adjective or a noun? It's a, so it's a noun. Okay, because you can use plural in form but singular or plural in construction. And what it means is a deliberate display of emotion for effect or <laughs> more simply put theatrical performance. Oh, <laughs> so what made you bring that one? Oh, because I actually used this in a conversation with you recently How? <laughs> where I said I didn't need your histrionics because I felt like you were being a drama queen. Well, that's what happens when you're married to me. Wait, you're not going to... I I One of the highlights for me every week is when you try to use the word in a sentence. So Okay, histrionics. Okay, okay, so yeah. I don't have time for you and your foolishness because it's nothing but histrionics. <laughs> uh, that's not true. But I like it. You did okay. it. You did it. And it was I, that was effective. I know. Yeah, I appreciate All it. All right, so guess what, y'all? <laughs> this is the end of the episode, and I want to let it y'all is. know a few things. We want to <laughs> thank you for listening. Thank you for Always. being a friend, bitch. Yes. Travel up, what's it called? Go down ahead. the road and back again, Come girl. on, waiting for you to finish it. Sometimes down the road. Catch what I'm putting down. Down the road bitch. and back again. You didn't give me a chance. As <sighs> usual, you always be trying to butt in. Ooh, okay. Go on. Thank them well, for being a friend. Thank you for being and... our friend. And yes. we we appreciate you our listening. Uh, yes. At the end of the day, when you tell a friend to tell a friend, we can all be friends. Yes. Uh, we appreciate every listen and remind you again to follow us on He Said He Said Pod at social media. Uh, it is at He Said He Said Pod. We are on Facebook. I was about Twitter. to say, you met on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at that account. At that, um, Username handle. Yeah. Also find us on all streaming services such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, and all other Stitcher and SoundCloud at yes. He Said He Said Podcast. iHeartRadio. Yeah, iHeartRadio. Yeah, we're everywhere, girl. Yeah. And I mean, you got through this episode without being shit faced like last week. So um, we are already ahead. Well, I'm gonna step away from the table <laughs> and allow you to get into get your business done because it's none of my business. All right. Bye, y'all. Have a good week. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,